Welcome to episode 74 of From the Shed End podcast with myself, T. Dot, as always. Theo, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thanks. I think it's uh, that time of the year. I mean, I say time of the year, it's November, but usually be, we'd be anticipating a World Cup around June time. But looking really looking forward to the weekend. Uh, Qatar, Ecuador, I think it's the first and probably the last ever time I'll be watching that fixture. But nevertheless, I'm really looking forward to it and uh, buzzing for the World Cup, despite all the controversy and the build-up to this tournament. I'm still really excited. I'm going to try to put that behind me. Um, shame we're not it's not really beer garden weather here in the UK to enjoy the games but um, but yeah still buzzing for it how are you doing yeah not bad not bad let yourself you know I think it was only recently I can't remember if I said it to you or someone else mm. but it was only recently um, since the, the squads were being announced that I started to get a buzz you know before it just wasn't the same you know it wasn't the same as the summer I agree with you, you know beer garden weather all of that stuff but as the, the squads are coming out I saw there was a couple of um sort of warm-up games I think Portugal had one last night and there was a couple um obviously Armando Brogia offense back in I think he's back in London um looking at his ankle because he obviously damaged his ankle but um apart from that I'm looking forward to the world I think there's going to be some really good fixtures which we'll get on to um but before we do all of that as always customary for me to say the same stuff i say every single week if you haven't done so already please go and subscribe to the channel and also if you click the link tree link in the description it will take you straight to our social accounts and all the other podcast episodes that we've done over the last two years um so make sure you do that for us and before we get on to the world cup obviously we can't really do a podcast without talking about cristiano ronaldo who seems to always crop up and pop up um in Chelsea podcast and you know other other podcasts but um not too much about the interview but just in terms of it looks more than likely he's not going to be a Manchester United player when he comes back from the World Cup um simply because of how the interview ended last night he didn't say yes or no but it's a it's a 80 80 20 percent he's not staying at Manchester United we said in the summer he was a top target for Todd Bowley. Todd Bowley was very keen on him at the time. Obviously, Thomas Tuchel apparently wasn't. Graham Potter claims that he's still not 100% convinced by Ronaldo. I'm still sticking to by what I said um, in the summer. I think he's a really good player, but he comes with a lot of baggage, i.e. Piers Morgan interviews. What's your thoughts on Has it changed since the summer or is it is it the same as it was before? Well, I mean, it's very hard to say no to a player like Ronaldo because we know what he can provide to teams. It's goals. I feel he's the, probably the main reason. <clears throat> sorry, he's the main reason that a United finished amongst the top six last season. Second um, top goal scorer, I think, only behind um, Human Son, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. So he can score goals. He knows where the back of the net is, which seems to have been a recurring problem for Chelsea since the likes of Drogba and Costa have left. We haven't really had that prolific goal scorer. However, he's 37. He is 37. Yeah sure he's he's going to he's he looks after himself to the point where he can play up to the age of 37 at the highest level but we need to start planning for the future we've still got players like Azpilicueta, Aubameyang, Thiago Silva who are you know on the wrong side of 30 and they've got a couple more seasons left in, in them and I don't think we should be kind of carrying on buying these type of players I do always say we look at players who have experience but for me experience is when you're kind of late 20s you know that, that age where we got Fabregas in, Diego Costa in They've gained that experience in another league and they've proven themselves and now they're able to play um, in the Premier League. Whereas Ronaldo, now he's 37. I've seen he's being linked into Miami, to the Australian league now. And I think maybe it's we just need to be realistic and say, sure, he's an amazing player. He'll sell us millions of pounds of shirt, pounds worth of shirts. 
and its commercial value is probably the highest in the world. But it's just not really the vision that we want to be going in. I highly doubt that if we, I really think that if we do sign him, it will be a, um, a Todd Bowley signing, not a Graham Potter signing. And I think that's where that kind of Tuchel sacking probably initially started, that kind of, you know, lack, they didn't really see have that aligned vision between um, Bowley and, and um, Tuchel. And that's the last, the last thing we want now is to have that kind of same kind of tension or kind of conflict when it comes to transfers and vision between Potter and and uh, uh, Todd Bowley. Yeah, I think... I think the fact that Paul Wynn Stanley's come in as well, um, you know, the, the basically the the foundations that we spoke about in the summer, you know, the players that, um, sorry, the, the staff that we needed to bring in, essentially move on some of them as well. Um, it seems like Graham Potter's getting what he needs to be able to go into the, the next two summer windows and in the transfer window um, to bring in those players. And you're looking at the profile of, you know, um, you know, Brighton's profile, you look at the, the players that they've brought, none of them are really of that age. You know, I know it's a different calibre. They can't attract maybe a Cristiano Ronaldo or, you know, a, a Leon or Messi, whoever. They're going to attract that level of player. But even, you know, looking at some of the players of science, they're all, you know, 28 below, maybe, you know, they don't really go for the 30 plus. So I think that's going to be a thing of the past, you know, buying a Patrick Aubameyang or, and the Thiago Silva, you know, I don't think we'll, we'll see someone like that coming through the Chelsea doors anytime soon. I think that the idea and the plan is to try and build youth, build them up, bring them through with a bit of experience, of course, of, you know, in terms of, you know, um, I don't know, you know, someone who's in their you know, 28, you know, someone who's in their mm. late 20s, bring them in at that experience. But I think it's going to be a youthful looking Chelsea side going forward. And I think that's the the idea and the projects that I think Bowley vision that he's got aligns with Potter. You look at the, the say the backroom staff that he's brought in from Brighton. I think Paul Wynn Stanley's going to be a, a really key part of that as well. But um, I agree with you. And I think Ronaldo comes in and causes a lot of chaos at Chelsea, which there has already been chaos. You look at going back to Abramovich, Tuchel, um, some of the players, Lukaku, you know, there's been so much chaos over the last two years. So to add to that, when you're trying to do a rebuild, which is what the phase that we're in, would just would just be silly, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we've had a, a fair share of chaos in the last couple of years. And the last thing we want is to add a Cristiano Ronaldo to that pot and kind of continue to stir it in a way. And we saw that he is capable of kind of no, not listening to the hierarchy and doing these type of interviews, which I've just read now, might mean that his contract will be terminated and uh, he's not welcome back at Carrington. So, um, yeah, I think that's the last thing we want. Um, but there's still a tidy part of me that would just love to see him in a Chelsea shirt. And I know that he will um, kind of be ready to kind of score goals, but it will be more of a short short plan, which is not what we need right now. If you didn't have a Bamiang, I think I'd agree with you to an extent. Mm. But I just think it, I mean, we're drying up on goals. You know, we look at Sterling, who started the season well. Um, but we just we are crying out for someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. But I think going forward, there's going to be options. You know, look at Nkuku, who hopefully um, will be signing shortly. But I just I just can't see it. I can't. And to be honest, I think looking at Lukaku's interview, looking at Ronaldo, it shows that some players do actually believe they are better or they're in a different period in their career than they actually are. You look at Lukaku, who thinks he was a lot better than Chelsea at the time and gone back to Winton. You know, you look at Ronaldo's saying he doesn't respect Ten Hag and, you know, that, that respect isn't reciprocated. Um, you know, he, sh- he doesn't believe he should come on, you know, in three minutes to go in the game. Uh, to me, the ego's up there, you know, the players down there. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's still a no from me. But 
I don't want to dwell on Ronaldo. He's not a Chelsea player. It'd be good um, when he is announced at another club. I can't see him going back to United. But I do want to spend, and we did say we're going to spend some time looking at the World Cup. Um, kicks off on Sunday, as you said, Qatar, Ecuador. As you said, don't think you're ever going to see that game or fixture again. But let's just look at the group stages because, I mean, I, I looked at this earlier this week. There's some tasty fixtures at, just in the group stages. Um, do, I mean, what group stands out to you? I mean, you look at looking on there now, you know, from, from A to H, which of those groups do you think? I can't wait to see that game. And, and you know, um, I mean, I've got my own personal favourite. But What's yours? I think personally, every single one of those groups is well balanced. There's always kind of a team you expect to finish top, but there's always maybe another two teams that will be fighting for that second spot. Obviously, for me, the game that stands out is maybe in Group E, Spain, Germany. Um, I think it was a semi-final back in 2010. And they do, I think both teams are kind of going for transition periods at the moment with their kind of the youth players that they're bringing up and kind of the more experienced players, the likes of Busquets and Thomas Muller maybe playing in their last World Cup potentially. So I think that's a very exciting game to watch. Also, we've got a couple of Chelsea boys in that fixture and the likes of Aspilicueta and Kai Havertz. Being an England fan, I'm really looking forward to all the England games, particularly Monday, England-Iran, 1pm in the Qatari heat. That should be a kind of an interesting one. And then I think Group G, I think any team that's got Brazil in it. And I think Serbia, for me, are a big, big underdog. You look at their squad, mm. they've got Vlahovic, they've got Tadic, they've got Mitrovic, they've got Milinkovic-Savic in midfield, they've got Kostic, um, they've got Luka Jovic. I think they could easily, you know, do a Croatia back in um, in 2018 yeah. and maybe at least make the semis or something. So I expect maybe them to snatch some points off Brazil um, and maybe finish second in the group. So I think Brazil-Serbia for me is a really nice fixture. And just for the kind of sake of, you know, the memories from 2010, Ghana-Uruguay, um, I think because of the handball with Suarez. Yeah, I it's think, crazy. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think the, the Ghanaians are going to want to have their revenge in that fixture. So I think that's a really tasty fixture as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's definitely well balanced. I look, I look at Group C, I'm looking for... I, and maybe because it's just a, you know, a South American fixture, but Argentina and Mexico. Mm. And I think, you know, obviously Argentina should come out on top, but I think that's going to be a really good, and Poland as well. You know, you look at Poland's team, which we'll, we'll look at some of the squads shortly, but, you know, I think that's a good group, you know, Mexico, Argentina. Um, one of the things that I, I kind of when I looked at the groups, I mean, I, I'll put my hands up. I don't really know much about Qatar or Iran or Saudi Arabia, but, you know, a lot of those players, I think, especially for Qatar uh, and I think maybe Iran as well, both of them are, you know, there's very little players that are playing within Europe, I think, in those two um, nations. So, you know, they'll be, they'll be used to the climate. They'll be used to um, the heat over there, which you just mentioned before. Um, and I think a lot of the time, you know, countries that go into these into these tournaments who are classed as the underdog sometimes actually surprise everyone and do really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing, um, I mean, Group B, I mean, that's anyone's to take. I know a lot of people think, you know, England's just going to, you know, breeze through that. But Wales are a really good team. If you think back to the Euros with Scotland and England, and it wasn't an all, you know, everyone thought, you know, England will, will walk past Scotland easily. And it wasn't the case. You look at USA, very good squad. I think people are overlooking them as well. And Iran, like I said, you know, I don't think people realise you know, because they're the team that may, might not know much about, I just assuming, you know, that it's going to be an easy, easy job. But I think Group B is very difficult um, mm. for, for England as well. I don't think it's a piece of top in the group. I think, it, you know, it, it, I said we're going to fix it shortly, but 
if you know Wales win their first two games or USA win their first two games, it's 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 not an all and gone conclusion for England at all. No, definitely. And just touching on Iran being maybe a Middle Eastern team, they'll be used to playing in that heat. They, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the kind of the Middle Eastern heat. And I think one player that just stands out for Iran is um, Taremi from Porto, who's really, really good. I think he scored a bicycle kick against Chelsea back when we won the Champions League in the quarterfinals. So we have to keep an eye out for him. Um, but yeah, I think completely agree. Wales and USA probably being slight underdogs in that group. They'll just, you know, they'll play with nothing to lose. Wales particularly have that rivalry with England. And USA, I think I was looking at their squad on on paper the other day. It's not it's not too shabby. It's not too shabby. And yeah. Pulisic seems to to turn up when he plays for the American national team. They've got a couple of youngsters in there. I think um, I think it's Giovanni Arena from um, Borussia Dortmund, who's quite an uh, exciting prospect. So I think, like you said, Group B's are really enough. It's quite an exciting one. Yeah, I'm just going to bring the squads up now. Um, so obviously we've got the key fixtures here. Obviously. I mean, I look at that there. I mean, if Wales or USA, I mean, that's a, a really good opening game there in terms of, um, you know, Wales and, and USA. So if USA win against Wales, beat, beat England, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's all to play for, really. Um, I think it's not a, a foregone conclusion, but I just want to talk about the squads because, again, some of these squads will change. I think, obviously, Mane is now missing the World Cup as well, which we'll get onto. But just looking at the England squads, um, I mean, it surprises me that you look at how many defenders have gone, the defenders that have gone, um, you know, very lim- limited options in midfield as well. But is there anyone that sort of stands out in that squad or you think should be in that in the, in the England team? I think there's maybe three names if you're basing, basing this kind of selection purely on merit that don't deserve to be there. And I think that's Connor Cody, Harry Maguire and um, Calvin Phillips. Potentially, he's only played, I think, 14 minutes of Premier League football this season potentially Conor Gallagher maybe as well. Um, he hasn't really done much so far at Chelsea and he's played maybe one game out of three uh, if you're basing this on minutes. But I think the kind of ones that definitely should be in there or maybe in the terms of defenders are potentially um, uh, Fikayo Tomori from AC Milan. I think we, we touched upon this last time on the, mm. on the pod, but he deserves to be there ahead of um, Cody and Maguire. Um, and another one is maybe um, Mark Wehi from Crystal Palace who's been superb and I think he was in the last England squad Um with the, I think the friendlies back in October. So he's another name that's very, been very unlucky to miss out. Otherwise, I think I agree with all the, the selection. I kind of agree with Callum Wilson being in there, maybe ahead of Ivan Tony. There's been a bit of controversy recently around Ivan Tony. So you do wonder if Southgate was aware of that during his selection. Yeah. But also, Wilson's a brilliant penalty taker. And once we get to the round of 16, quarterfinal semis, there's an opportunity of playing uh, of a penalty shootout. And you'll want a Callum Wilson in there to smash it in alongside Harry Kane. So I think he's a good, really good option to have off the bench as well. Um, but no, I think no real surprises. I think I was expecting as soon as the squad was to be released, lots of people to be disappointed and the fan bases to be divided. But I think overall, Southgate's maybe made the right decisions other than Tomori being the big player to miss out. Yeah, I think... I, you know, and I think his his sort of rationale behind it doesn't make sense as well. The fact that, you know, um, especially with, I think it was more so Tommy Abraham, which we touched on last week as well. But just, I mean, looking at those defenders, I would say he's going to play three at the back with the wing backs because mm. it's, it's heavily stacked with defenders. I mean, what worries me is is he expecting Trent to be a right wing back when he's predominantly used to playing right back? He's not expecting to defend as much. 
Um, there's a lot of work then expected of the three centre-backs if Trent isn't tracking back as well. Um, very costly, I think, if you, you're going into you know the quarterfinals, those knockout games with, with someone who isn't defensively minded as much as Trent is. But obviously, Carl Walker's there, Kieran Trippier as well. Um, two good options. I wanted to ask you, um, away from that though, around the midfields, because if it is a five at the back, you look at those midfielders. Is it is it more so maybe a Jude Bellingham alongside Declan Rice in that midfield? Do you do you leave out you know Jordan Henderson who has that experience of being almost the, you know the Liverpool captain, the voice for Liverpool on the pitch as well? Yeah, I think if we go back to Euro uh, 2020, but 2021, I think we were playing a Phillips alongside Declan Rice, if I'm not mistaken. And I think yeah. Henderson only came off the bench a couple of times. And he, I was actually rewatching the England goals on YouTube the other day. And I think he scored off the bench against uh, Ukraine in uh, in the quarters. But um, but yeah, I'd expect it to be a midfield um, duo of uh, Rice and uh, Bellingham. I think Bellingham, but don't watch much of British Dortmund. But from what I've seen, he's been superb, particularly in the Champions League. And um, again, I think one of those players that, sure, I think he's only 18, 19 playing in his first international tournament or maybe second international tournament. But I think he'll just hit the ground running in this tournament and um, probably add a couple bucks as price tag going into the summer as well. So I think he'll be a really um, big player to have in his team and probably the first name on this, uh, the team sheet alongside Harry Kane. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I want to quickly talk about Iran, some of the other uh, countries in the group. But um, as I said, you know, I think there's a lot of players there Um that are, I mean, you know, I don't watch much Greek ball, um, but you know, they could be, they could easily top the group. I know, I know it sounds mad, but you know, I think everyone just doubts the fact that Iran are a team that we don't really know much about. But you look, you look at the the group; it's very open. I think it's probably arguably the open, the most open group in in out of you know, A to H. I don't think there's a more group in my opinion but maybe that's just because England are in there I'm sort of optimistic that other teams can do well but you know, you know we, we don't know do we we really don't know no for sure um, I think we automatically assume that maybe Iran on that team that Wales USA and England will get three points from that game but if you go if you watch the Netflix documentary called Captains and it follows the Lebanese captain and he plays against the Iranian national team a few times. And Iran are kind of seen as the big team in the Asian kind of mm -hmm. continent when it comes to the qualifiers yeah. and the team that always finish top and get automatically qualified for the World Cup. So it's going to be um, quite a tough fixture. And like I said, they'll be used to the conditions and the heat. A couple standout names there. Taremi, like I mentioned, I think Sa Saman Gudos from Brentford, who you know would, um, would be used to playing some of the English players. I'm seeing a player from Dinamo Zagreb in there as well. I think uh, Moharami. I uh, don't know who he is, but Dinamo Zagreb, again, quite a well-respected team across Europe. Play them in the yeah. Champions League. So I think, it, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a very open group and I'm expecting a tough game, kind of England-Tunisia vibes um, from the World Cup in 2018 yeah. on, uh, on Monday. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, quickly, before we move on to a different group, but as you said about Spain, uh, sorry, Spain, USA, um, really good squad really good squad i like i like their squad and I, I think they are again a team that may be um underestimated you know there's some really good experienced players in there uh, not just across the premier league but across you know some in america and some um in europe as well so i i can't i think we uh, you know as england fans you know we, we rule out other teams because we expect england to beat them but no guarantee at all no guarantee 
No guarantee. No guarantee. 2010, we, I think it was the opening game of the 1-1, I think, of the USA. And that was arguably a much better USA team. They had the likes of Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, yes, Tim yeah. Howard. Um, yeah. I'm looking at, yeah, look, still looking at this team. It's still very strong. You've got your Weston McKenney yeah, there yeah, from yeah. Juventus. You've got That's Giovanni Reyna, like I mentioned, Tim Way um, from, from Los Quilil. Yeah. Uh, Josh Sargent, who I think was probably the standout player for Norwich last season. So, yeah, very good team. Um, Tim Ream as well as their centre-back um, experience, USA veteran, uh, plays for Fulham. Going to be a very tough... Yeah, I, I honestly think the England-USA game might be the toughest of the group for England. Yeah, and that's the middle game, I think, for, for England as well. You know, So if they lose against Iran or don't pick up the three points, you know, you're going into that USA game almost as a, as a must-win. You don't want to be going into that Wales game needing to beat Wales to, to go through. So I think that's going to, I say it's the most open group for me out of them, um, if I'm honest. But um, just try and go back. Let's find out where we get back to the other ones in a minute. But just trying to um, this around Mbappe, who, if you think about how he played um, in the Euros, didn't really have the best Euros. Um, surely, you know, he's, he's obviously matured slightly since then, but it's got to, it's got to, do better surely in, in this world cup yeah i mean i don't really care i think france for me or that international <laughs> team that i like arsenal all my friends are, are french and support the french national team so he could get zero goals for i care and i'll be happy but <laughs> but no i think he's he's aiming to get the ball on the next year um especially now that messi and ronaldo you know past their peak and it's you're looking at a new kind of crop of players to win the ballon d'or um i think he'll have a very good world cup and he'll be the standout player for france um, he's had a brilliant first half of the season. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll be going into this tournament expecting to be amongst maybe the golden boot winners and hopefully, I mean, hopefully for him, not for us, but get France um, past the, the group stages and well into the knockout rounds. Yeah, I think he has to. Um, I think he's got to have a better, definitely a better tournament than the last one anyway. Um, I think he, he, he blew a blank at that one. But you've got the Brazil shirt on. It's only right that we talk about the favourites. Um, I think they were four to one last time I checked to win the World Cup. Uh, massive favourites going into this tournament. And just looking at the squad, I mean, it's again, you know, you can't even single out any area in the squad, which you think, oh, okay, yeah, the defence looks a bit weak. Or, you know, the midfield's a bit... I mean, it's, it, where, where could you go wrong with this squad? I mean, it's tap all over. It's such a good team. On paper, it's probably the best team of the lot. And again, if you watch that captain's documentary on Netflix, Brazilian fans expect Brazil to win the tournaments every every four years. They've got high expectations. And I think this is probably probably since 2014, the year where they really expect this, this team to, to go all the way. Um, they've got Thiago Silva, I think, who I mentioned in the last pod, probably playing his last ever, will be playing his last ever international tournament. I'll be captaining the side. You never know. You've you got, never know. I mean, he might you never know. squeeze one more. <laughs> you never know. With him. You more. never know. <laughs> the ben, the Benjamin Button of Brazilian football. But um, yeah, yeah. But uh, you got Danny Alves there as well, who I think a player yeah, you would have yeah. expected to have played his last World Cup in 2018. Their midfield, you've got Bruno Guimarães, who we spoke about last time, Casemiro, yeah. Fabinho, Fred, who I think is very underrated. And then it's their striking options for me. Vinicius, Rafinha, Neymar, Martinelli, Jesus, Anthony. I mean, which front three do you pick? You could literally draw three names out of a hat and it will be a world-class front three. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think, like you, like you said, well-deserved favourites. And I expect them to at least be in the final, given that squad. Yeah, I, I'd be very, very... I mean, if you're a betting pen, I'd be very 
disappointed if you did not back Brazil in this World Cup, just based on, you know, obviously England and Sears go as far as possible. But I just look at that squad and it's crazily, it's just brilliant all over. There's just no, there's no, even goalkeepers. I mean, who do you choose to have Alisson and Edison in goal? Who would you put in goal? I mean, you've got the luxury of two world-class, let's call them that, goalkeepers in goal. You've just spoken about the forward, you know, the attacking line. Martinez in decent form. Jesus is in decent form. Neymar, you can't leave him out. You know, Vinicius Jr. as well. It's just, it's just a, and I mean, the fixtures, I mean, the opening fixture is of who you mentioned earlier, Serbia, who, you know, you mentioned about their squad as well. I mean, just against some of the players in that squad, very much, again, underdogs going into the, the tournament. But what a squad. What a squad. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they finished about Portugal in the groups, which meant Portugal had to play that kind of playoff round against Macedonia. But yeah, such a good squad. Really, really good squad. Uh, very underrated and kind of going into the groups as underdogs, which I think would do them in the world of good because they've got probably not as high expectations. But but yeah, you got Vlahovic from Juventus, Tadic, who's an experienced player now, still proving it, that he, proving that he can do it in um, in a Dutch league with Ajax. Um, Mitrovic, who I think is a superb player, um, physical big lad as well. Milinkovic Savic, who's always been linked to Chelsea, Manchester United in the field. Um, so yeah, I think very good player. And I think, um, Brazil, um, Serbia, I think it's that one that I'll be circling in my calendar to watch amongst the first uh, round of fixtures for sure. Yeah, first day, uh, 7 pm. Good, so, I'll be finished, no, finished work. Yeah, definitely get the beers out of that one. But I've just noticed some games are kicking off at 10 a.m., which is, I mean, it's good. But, yeah, it's an early start, isn't it, I think, for some of these games. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a slug if you've been up the night before. But I want to quickly touch on um, Switzerland, who I think as well that have got a relatively decent squad. I don't think they'll get out of it. You know, Denis Zakaria has been been chosen to, to be part of that World Cup squad. But um, do, do you give them any chance to, to potentially get out of the group at least? Um, you know, Granit Xhaka has put in some good performances. But again, they do have some really good European experience across the team um, from, you know, goalkeepers to, to attackers. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Cameroon because I think they're the fourth team in this group. But um, I think yeah. second spot will be contested amongst Switzerland and Serbia for sure. And you look at Switzerland, they knocked out France at the Euros only last summer. Mm. They're a very good team. Granit Xhaka, another player who gets a lot of criticism, but I think he's very underrated um, and probably the leader amongst uh, the Swiss national team. Uh, yeah. Decent um, goalkeepers as well. We mentioned Addison and um, Edison and Allison. I'm seeing there they've got um, Philip Kuhn, who's the South yeah, Salzburg keeper. <laughs> we know about him. And they've got Jan Sommer um, from Mönchengladbach, who's their go-to keeper, yeah. I think. And then they've got Gregor Kubel, who's the young British Dortmund keeper who we'll be seeing, I think, a fair bit of in February and March next year. Um, so, yeah, very good team. Uh, Shakiri, they've got Mbolo, they've got Shaka, like I mentioned, Zakaria, Djibril um, Sou from um, Eintracht Frankfurt. Shakiri. Um, so, yeah, I think another team, and a lot of these players that I've listed have already played some big international tournaments um the likes of euro 2016 the world cup 2018 and probably euro 2020 as well so i think it's going to be um the switzerland serbia games another exciting one to watch for sure yeah definitely definitely now going into uh, these group stages let's just i don't know i don't know i don't want to say which teams will get out of their groups but who could you see realistically in the final for the world cup who would you potentially like to see i suppose is the better question out of the groups that we've got um I mean, 
everyone's sort of crying for an Argentinal final, which I think is the, you know, the the Messi and um, Neymar scenario. Big Two big South American uh, countries all going head to head with each other. But what would you be your ideal, realistic uh, final? I think, if I'm not mistaken, it has to be one team from each side of the tree. Is that right? Um, so yeah, I yeah, think an yeah. England, any England France final, for instance, not possible. Um, yeah. Whereas a Brazil Argentina final is, um, I definitely think there's going to be a South American team in there. Um, whether that be Brazil or Argentina, I think it's more likely to be Brazil, given the squad that we just looked at and the quality of that squad. Um, I, I feel like Portugal as well, big underdogs. They comfortably won a four 0 against Nigeria yesterday. Um, obviously, underdogs, there, but they're still still kind of seen in high regards, but um, decent side as well. Um, B Nigeria 4-0, Bruno Fernandes played really well. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Defending was poor though. The Nigerian Maybe. defending was all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. True, but um, Cristiano Ronaldo probably um, might be playing for that final move of his career as well. So yeah, that might, um, you know, play on his mind. But, um, but again, I don't think a Brazil-Portugal final is possible. So let's just say, let's let's go with Argentina Brazil. Let's go with Argentina Brazil. I think um, from a neutral point of view, it'd be an amazing final to watch because we don't actually have the kind of commitment. I think to work to watch all the Copa America games when these sides actually do play each other. But I think in a yeah. World Cup final, I don't think I can't remember the last time it's ever happened a Brazil Argentina final. And like you said, Neymar against Messi. Um, you know, so many quality players meeting. Um, It'd be it'd be a really nice nice watch for sure. But as as much as I want to say England, I don't think they'll make the final this year. Um, just purely based on what, everything we saw before that second half of England Germany, it just wasn't yeah. wasn't promising at all. So, and I don't, I still think we lack a leader in the team. We've got that good yeah. mix between youth and experience, but then you're looking at a Carl Walker or Jordan Henderson to kind of lead mm. the team, or a Harry Maguire, maybe even a Kane. It's just not really a a Thiago Silva, it's not a Lionel Messi, it's not a Gerard, um, John Terry Lampard that we used to have back in the day. So I think we do lack a leader to really take us to the final. And as much as I like Southgate, he's not the man for the job. I think for you know beyond this World Cup. So um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm going to say Brazil Argentina. What are your feelings on the final? No, I think you. I think that would be the most. I mean, I think that's. I have the ordered. The, you know the teams. I think that's the most likely. I think as well. Um, we haven't touched on Argentina, but we will do in a minute. But I just think Brazil, like we've just looked at their squad. I mean, where can you find any flaws in there? You can't, there's no, there's no holes in there, no gaps in that team at all. Um, I think it'd be a good, a good final as well. I think, you know, sometimes you, you watch finals, especially, you know, going back to some of the Champions League finals and the, the build up to them is the best part. <laughs> when you actually get into the game, it's, it's not, it doesn't live up to the expectation. But I think, with an Argentina Brazil final, both you know Brazil and Argentina would be up for that. They, they, you know, it's almost up there. I mean, I think the Copa America. I'm going to be honest. I reckon the Copa America is probably more would mean more to them as opposed to winning the World Cup because it just it's just it's. I mean, South American football, as you know, you've been over there recently, is like you know um, a religion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's really seriously over there. It's taken serious. So I think. Yes, winning the World is brilliant and they would love that. But I think Copa America is just up there just as much as the World Cup, in my opinion. So I think both both are going to do this. Like you said, Messi as well has come out and said he's thinking of retirement as well. So final World Cup for, for Messi. Um, and what a way to go out if you can if you can either win it or at least get to the final with the opportunity to, to win it. 
Yeah, for sure. Like you said, it's like a religion for the fans. And I think um, they've been not the actual fake fans that are being paid to support teams, but the real real Brazilian and Argentinian fans have been out in Qatar for the last week or two, just kind of, you know, taking in the atmosphere and, um, you know, building building it up towards their first fixtures. So I think they'll be really up for kind of creating that kind of football atmosphere you want for a final ahead of um, ahead of their games for sure. Yeah, let's just quickly touch on uh, or you know, Senegal, who's a team that I tipped before the injuries to my um, really well African Cup of Nations as well. I see them far, and I know it's a, a crazy thing, but you look at their group, they've got Ecuador, Qatar, and Netherlands. I don't think I've got the strongest squad. I, I look at them and, and people will say, yes, they've got some really good But you look at this squad here, and I just think, uh, why not? You know, look at Mendy and goal. Obviously, now they have lost Sadio, but they still have some really good striking options, you know, going forward. Um, that midfield looks really good as well. Um, I, I just I just don't see how they can't get out of that group. I don't see I, what's, what's not possible for them to get out of that group. What, what's your thoughts on Senegal? 100% agree. I think um, they've got probably the easiest group of the tournament. And no disrespect to Qatar and Ecuador, but you'd expect... Um, Netherlands and Senegal to finish first and second and probably even Senegal to maybe finish above um, Netherlands. I would have said that before the Mane injury but given the news yesterday it might be slightly trickier for them but you still expect them to come out of the group. I'm looking at some of the yeah. players there. Koulibaly you know, we know all about um, Edouard, Edouard Mendy as well who hasn't played a lot of football this season but will probably want to you know, be the first choice at the World Cup and he probably deserves to be the first choice still. Um, Diallo, got the likes of Diallo, Diallo yeah. As well. mm. Um, is is Malasar from Watford, who I um I think don't really know what he's still doing at Watford. If I'm honest, he should be in the Premier League yeah. or uh, one of the top league um top leagues top. in the world. Um, yeah. and as well, um, we haven't mentioned it, but they the only one I think was the African Cup of Nations was in January, so they know how yeah, to exactly. win these tournaments. They won a few penalty shootouts along the way, I think. Um, they knocked out Egypt in the playoff round. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be um, probably one of my underdog teams that I'd put in the same bracket as um, Serbia. Mm. Very good, strong squad. Very, very strong squad. Just just before we kind of start wrapping up, we haven't spoken really, um, or we haven't looked at the squad of Argentina. So I just wanted to quickly do that now uh, and see what their group's like as well. Um, we, should, yeah, we should, yeah, we should do... We should do um, our shot kind of exit as well, I think, um, before we wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I've got one in my head already. But, I mean, again, look at that squad. I mean, it's a really good, again, well-balanced squad. Um, from goalkeeper to, to strikers, you know, they've got everything in there. They've got really good players that they can bring off the bench if you think about who might start their games. But what's your thoughts on on Argentina's squad itself as, as opposed to where they'll finish or maybe get into the final? I think every single World Cup we've watched previously with Argentina, their main flaw has been their defence. It's been quite leaky and it's never been kind of a world-class defender that stands out for Argentina. For sure, you, maybe you had Gabriel Hines back in the day. But since then, yeah. there wasn't really kind of a standout one. Whereas this year, they've probably got a very solid back back four. And their centre-backs being, I think, Romero and Martinez might be the two main ones um, that they'll they'll start. Then they've got they've got Messi for me, who's having a really good season, especially compared to the kind of average one he had last year. Um, mm. Di Maria is probably still in that team. Um, 
I'm trying to think of some other names. Um, I think a lot of um, some exciting young um, players that have, um, from, um, I think it's uh, Benfica, I think feature in uh, the Argentinian squad as well. Um, but yeah, I think um, just as well, kind of maybe not as kind of talented as the Brazilian squad, but again, very passionate. I think good balance between youth and experience and um, fans as well will play a big part. Um, I think, you know, you look at these Argentinian fans and they'll probably have, will have saved up since the World Cup was announced in Qatar to be able to travel yeah. and support their team. So, um, yeah, I think they'll play a big part as well and probably be the 12th man uh, when they when they play their games. Yeah, no, it'd be, uh, be, be, be decent to see that. Um, just realise I'm not actually sharing, am I? So you, know, you can't actually see the team. Um that would have helped. Maybe why I was yeah. str- struggling to list some names. <laughs> <laughs> but no, here, here's it. Here's the. It's because I've got too many windows open. But I mean, is there? Um, obviously, Otamendi. So they've got the experience there as well. Like you mentioned, Romero, uh, Martinez as well from uh, Manchester United. Um, Tagliafico still still in the team as well. Acuna in defence. Alvarez going forward with the Baila and Messi um, as well. So they've. I mean, and Martinez from Inter Milan. So they've got some really good depth in the squad players that they can bring in as well um surprise call up or maybe not surprise if you're argentinian but McAllister as well from brighton in the squad um so you know they've got a relatively good squad you know and i think as i said you know messi will want to if he is his last world cup he'll want to go out with on a high um you think back to the copa america as well i think that was one of the big things if i don't know if you've seen a clip of messi um, given the team talk at half time in the dressing room and and sort of saying you know that you've had to leave your children you've had to you know commit to this and and do all these things just to get to this point here in the Copa America go out there and leave everything out there you can kind of sense he might do something similar um, in this World Cup especially if it's his last as well yeah definitely I think he'll probably be almost like a second coach during this tournament and he like I said, perfect balance between youth and experience. And he'll probably be seen as that kind of, you know, experienced figure that the youth players can go up to and learn from during the tournament. Um, I think I saw Carrera's name mentioned there. I think he got injured in the last couple of days. Yeah, and his yeah. talks of Garnacho, I think, coming in to replace him. So another yeah. exciting um, a young player yeah, um, as well that might learn a lot from this tournament. Last group before we do our shocks. Um, we'd love to go through all the groups of all the teams, but there's just not enough time in the day to do that. But Spain, another squad that I'm looking for or forward to seeing anyway. Um, I thought that said Neko Williams and it's Nico. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly had to sit down and film from sure. Um, but yeah, um, really good squad again. You know, you look at you look at the, the they've got there a lot of experience in terms of some of the players that are going who've been in these major tournaments before. You look at Aspili Quetta, Carver Hell, um, you know, Busquets, you know, some players that have, have been at this top level playing at the you know major tournaments. But um, do, do they stand a chance? I mean, I, I still might have them down as a not a shock to maybe, maybe a shock to not actually get out of their group, to, to be fair. What, what's your thoughts? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, it's a quite a similar squad to the one we saw, I think, in the Euros last summer. Um, and to be fair, I think they got to the semis and that was quite unexpected, given that I was struggling to even recognise some of the names. I didn't know, for instance, who Unai Simon was before the tournament, their, their goalkeeper. Um, and it's a very different squad to what we used to see back in the past, you know, you know that golden era of Spanish football from 2008 to 2012, when it would just be Barcelona and Real Madrid players. 
Whereas now it seems to kind of be a mix of, you know, you've got some Valencia names in there, some Bilbao names, some Sevilla names, and a couple, you know, of the English players um, that play in England, at least. Um, very excited to watch Pedri and Gavi. I think they're really two really exciting players, probably future Ballon d'Or winners. Um, I still feel like it lacks something. You look at those strikers, there's not one that you're yeah. going to be like, yeah, he can get me a goal at any point in the game. You're probably looking at Ferran Torres or Morata for the goals, and are they mm. real goal scorers? And, you know, do you want them in the big games? I don't think so. And you've got Marco Asensio who hasn't been playing a lot of football as well. He's in the team. So, yeah, I'd expect them to get out of the group. And Fatty um, as well. And Fatty. And yeah, he's Fatty. been injured. Yeah. He's been injured for a big part of the season. And then even their goalkeepers, you know, they're not obviously Kepa being injured, but you'd probably still pick De Gea. You'd still probably pick De Gea. Mm. He was there in the last um, World Cup. Uh, you've got Unai Simon, Robert Sanchez, David Rea three brilliant keepers with their feet but you want to go with a bit of experience and that probably is David De Gea for me mm, no I, I have to agree as I said I think they're my my shock in the World Cup I think they they have some really good players in there some some experienced players but you said I think Morata actually did okay at the Euros if I remember I think he scored a couple of key goals um but yeah they haven't anything else you know if Morata doing it on the day they haven't got anything else maybe like you said Ferrer and Torres but they haven't got much in that squad that I think okay yeah they, they can go on to win it you know we haven't mentioned Laporte as well but defensively I think they're okay but that midfield the, the forwards that they've, they've taken said De Gea's not gone as well I just think you know they should get out of that group that's I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't but as I've said you know many times before when we spoke about England it's not a guarantee that they will and I think they might struggle I might I think they might struggle in that group so they're, they're my shock um my shock or shock, shock shock country to go out um of the World Cup very early first plane home um last plane to pro probably arrive but what, what's yours who's your your team that you're thinking may struggle especially to get out of their group get knocked out early I've got a big smile on my face because I think it could be France I think it could be France. There's been a lot of injuries to their squads, a lot of problems in the kind of build-up to the World Cup. Um, and Cuckoo, I think, has just pulled out as the latest player to be injured. Mm. Um, Benzema, as good as he is, I don't think he's been as good in the first maybe four or five months of the season as he was towards the back end of last season. Um, and I don't think he really sees eye-to-eye -eye with Olivier Giraud either. And as, I probably think this is probably the easiest group for them um, other yeah. than Group A. But... I think Denmark will finish above them. Um, they played each other twice in the um, Nations League and Denmark came up, came up, um, beat them twice. I think one of them was a 3-0 win as well. So um, and probably as soon as you finish second in your group, you're probably going to play, I think it's an Argentina next. So that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. that type of calibre of team. Um, a lot of players there on that list that are playing their first World Cup as well. A very different team to the one we saw in... Um, win the World Cup in 2018, I think. Not having N'Golo Kante is a big, big loss for them. Huge, huge loss. Um, as good as Kamavinga and Chouamini are. Again, maybe a bit mm -hmm. too young, but they'll still add a bit of something. William Saliba as well has played a fantastic first half of the season. But I think, yeah. I got, I'm almost like a bit of a PSG vibe, they've got some big egos in that team. Almost two big egos that might you know, just ruin the kind of dressing room, the likes of Benzema, the likes of um, even um, Kylian Mbappé, Ousmane Dembélé, those type of players. And I speak, spoke to a lot of French fans as well, and they're not confident either. They're not confident. Mm. Um, so 
So yeah, I think they could maybe crash out in the round of 16 or quarters, which will be a shock given that they're the, the World Cup holders. And it's always that little curse around the World Cup holders. They never do as well. Um, Spain 2014, Germany 2018. Yeah. I think both those teams crashed out in the group stage. Um, so yeah, I think they're my shock team to exit early. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is why I'm, I'm looking forward to the World Cup because I think there's a lot of, um, you know, teams that you potentially expect to go through to the the, the latter, latter stages. But I, I think like you just said, <clears throat> there's a lot of egos. There's a lot of inexperienced. And when I say inexperienced, I mean, who've never played at a major tournament as such as this. And you could even say that about a lot of, you know, England's another prime example. You look at some of the players that have been picked there. This is their first major, you know, their first World Cup and, they don't necessarily have that experience and obviously into, uh, to Qatar as well. You know, some of these players are going to have to adapt to, you know, the, the different weather conditions over there as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a group they should definitely get out of, you know, Australia, Tunisia um, and Denmark, they should get out of it. But, you know, as, as we've seen before, and as I said about the Euros, you know, they didn't have the best of times there either. And um yeah, it's it's not it's not a done deal that they get out of that group. So I can back you up with that one. I think defensively they look a bit shaky. I know they've on paper you look at some of those names, you think, yeah, you know, should be okay, but they look okay in their club, you know, the domestic clubs because of who they're playing alongside or you know who they've got in front of them. But you know, I look at that defense and I I'd worry if I was if I was uh you know supporting France in the World Cup, I'd I'd worry a lot, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'd agree. And looking at his defenders, probably a couple red cards and mistakes in there, the likes of Kimpembe, yeah. Kunete. Um, I saw another name that kind of worried me, Kunde as well. One that's a bit yeah. of a hothead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I thought we, maybe, are we, are we fair to say that we dodged a bullet with him, Chelsea? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, um, I mean, I don't want to say we dodged a bullet, but we definitely wouldn't have gained anything by having him in the club, if I'm honest, from what I've seen so far. Mm. Um, I think you you sort of picked it up a few times before he signed for Barca that he's not just a hothead, but he's very sort of, um, he switches off quite a lot as well. Mm. But definitely the sort of picking up yellow cards, to say really yellow cards or red cards at times as well. But I do think um, Koulibaly is the same, in the same bracket. Yeah. I've noticed a lot, lot of the time he, he'll lunge in for a tackle that he doesn't need to, or he just makes a, a silly mistake that potentially could lead to a goal. And I think they're very similar. So I don't think we've, we've gained by not having Kunde. I just think we've probably got the, the, the better end of which one, you know, the lesser of two evils. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he hasn't early, been, I, mean, uh, I think that, I was going to say, early booking. At center back as well at Barca now. So yeah, I, you mentioned that the other day, but yeah, could completely agree about Koulibaly and Kunde. Um, the pair, if one of the two of them on a the yellow card early in the game is quite a scary kind of watch for the rest of the ninety minutes, and you probably expect them to be subbed off because um, they're they're kind of a bit they lunge into challenges and they they do tend to to be a bit reckless at times. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think we've chosen two decent team may struggle. Not to say that they won't get out of the groups, but you can see them getting knocked out the you know the the knockout stages, um, just based on the experience, based on the players that they have in in the team as well. But before we wrap up, it's only fair. I mean, we spoke about who will be in the final. We're going to take it one step further and say who is going to win the T Twenty Two World Cup Qatar. I'll let you go first. Mm -hmm. If you, you really can't say any of a team at the moment. No, it's it's got to be Brazil. It's got to be Brazil. I've said it in 2010. I said it in 2014. I said it in 2018, and it didn't happen. Four is my lucky number. So let's go for the fourth time in the row that I'm going to back Brazil to win the World Cup. I mean, back them with my 
what I think is going to happen. But let's just stay optimistic and also hope England um, have a good tournament. Yeah, I think you know, obviously Hart says England, but my head is saying Brazil. I mean, you look at the squad that we just spoke about. If, I mean, I'd be very, very surprised if they get knocked out anywhere before the semi-finals. Um, they've got too good of a team to not be in that final. Um, yeah, I can't see it. So I'm going to go. I'm, gonna, I'm I've backed them anyway. Um, like I said, four to one favorites. So I've backed them. Um, yeah, you know, got them in a sweet stake as well. So I'm, I'm double backed. But yeah, Brazil have got to win this one. It'll be, I'll be shocked if they didn't. So um, yeah, looking forward to it now. Looking forward to it 100%. Kicks off on Sunday. Um, I'm assuming I'll have like an opening ceremony and all that. But yeah, I'm, I'm literally not doing anything Monday. That's the big first big game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a massive test. If, you know, if we, we don't get three points there, like I said, you know, going into those Wells and USA games, it's going to be difficult to, to grab six points. Yeah, I've got my work calendar um, open next to me. I've got a two-hour lunch break blocked in to be able to watch the England game on Monday. Yeah, yeah. No, no one's bothering me during those two hours. So I'm not looking at my emails. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've actually got Brazil in my sweepstakes um, too. So um, they'll be the second team I support go. after England. So we'll be there united we there. There we go. Right. Okay. Well, it's good to not talk Chelsea for a week, although we did at the start, but yeah, it wasn't a depressing episode as it has been over the last couple of weeks. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll return after the world cup, but, um, Theo, as always, thank you very much for joining me. Um, always a pleasure. And anyone who is listening to this on the YouTube or if you're on Spotify, you can watch it visually now as well. So if you're listening to either of those, make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And as I said at the start, if you hit the link tree link in the description, it will take you to all our social accounts and all the other podcast episodes as well. Episode 74 from the shed end until I was going to say until next week, until whenever we, we decide to record again, we'll be back soon, hopefully, um, with some more Chelsea content as well. But until then, stay safe and thank you very much for watching. <laughs>